Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. We're the stars of this piece of shit! I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. Fucking garbage! Why? Why? You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. Big Kev's Geek Stuff dot. You fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Sounds like it should be in a video game. It does sound like it belongs in a video game. A video game that I should like to play. Maybe like a Sega CD older game. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like our time to get a new Indiana Jones game, though, has come and gone. Because I think that as long as, like, Uncharted exists, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just not going to happen. There's never been a good Indiana game at the same time, so... No, but I, I think Uncharted fills that void. And I don't know that anybody's going to unt- tap, top, anybody's going to top Uncharted. It's no, a problem. Yeah, they'll, someone could slap the name on uh, the right game. I'm sure it would work out. Figure we out can't, some sort of solution. Can't be it. any worse than the Atari uh, uh, Indiana game. What, are you all right here? Yeah, Sam? the headphone wire is a little bit. It's stuck under the wheel of my chair, but I'm good. I fixed it. I'm all right. We're okay. You're going to be okay. All right, ish. <laughs> All right, so here we are, episode 543. Uh, the one we're calling, what did you decide on, Big Kev? Oh, was it my decision? I thought I thought we were going with your decision. What, this title sucks? There you go. Episode 543, this title sucks. Now, uh, episode 543, uh, Big TBD. Steps to Comic-Con. <laughs> episode 543, Five Points Festival was fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Oh, episode good. 543. wait to hear how awesome it was. Uh, lots of things have happened. But, uh, yeah. So don't forget that you can find us uh, by calling the GVM line. 201-730-2547. So uh, there's that. Of course, you can join us on the Patreons, patreons.com backslash bkgeekstuff. We have access to our Discord server, live streams, and um, all sorts of other things. Um, I see what Will is saying in the Instagram, but I don't know how to fix that. It just is what it is. It's not on our end because on our end it looks fine. Um and that sucks. But here we are with an episode of the show. Of course, we open up the show tonight with that rockin' cover of the Indiana Jones theme. Indeed. Um, 
why did why why did we do you guys want to get into that big kev do you want to lead us into indiana jones Indiana Jones 5 is just to start shooting next week, says Harrison Ford. Um, I believe Harrison Ford is incorrect. I think yes. the article points that out. Yes. So I don't um, believe it does begin filming next week. Yeah, I'm wondering uh, where he got that information from. Unless, you know. Pre-production, pre-production could begin next week. Yeah. That could be. Because I, and, the, and I, I will confirm that the article states that Steven Spielberg's big time remake of the West of West Side Story, why, um, is uh, apparently that is beginning filming. I think before the end of the month, and I don't think he's doing both at the same time. Right, would be a guess. So I think the article is right in pointing out that it may be pre-production that's beginning in you know in two weeks. Maybe just it Harrison. also couldn't be principal photography with him looking like. Thin Santa. <laughs> well, yeah. So, maybe Harrison that. just means... Maybe to Harrison, any semblance of production past the initial script is filming. I don't know. Harrison Ford is 88 years old now. Yeah, he's... I'm 80. Yeah. Whatever he is. The point is, is that, you know, like... You know, I mean, you, I, I thought it was great, by the way, that he went to uh, fill his... I'm sure contractual obligation to be at uh, that theme park opening, right? Yeah, when it happened this uh, last week. So I think that was great. Have you guys seen the the tonnage of videos I've coming been, from that event? I, I mean, have. from that park. And because we've known people that have gone already, um, so I've been kind of watching people's stuff going. It looks like a rollicking good time. Yeah. It, uh, when, are, when are we going, OG? I'm going with my family sometime in November. To, it's all right. I don't but I don't know that I'm going to make it into Galaxy's Edge. I'll be honest with you. Meet you there. I don't know That's that I'm making I'm... it into Galaxy's Edge. It's all going to depend on how it works. Because what I'm hearing is that Florida is not going to have the limited time slots. They might not have additional charges. So it might just be free-for-all chaos. And if that's oh. the case, I may avoid it. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I think we'll know more as August rolls around because that's when it actually opens in Florida. So we'll have to follow it over the next kind of two months and okay. um, see how that plays out and we'll get more information. I was trying to look it up yesterday. Um, I was talking to my sister uh, who is a Disney sort of expert as it were. Um, aren't she, you aren't you underplaying it a, a little well she worked there and and uh fanatic uh yeah, you know but but i grew up in a disney i grew up in a disney family we've all been to you know oh, I, I understand people joke people ask how you know how many times have you been to disney and i say well i'm 40 years old i've probably been to disney 30 something times um jesus and that's not an understatement that's true because growing up I had family that lived less than an hour from Disney. Mm -hmm. We would go almost every year. You know, we would go visit them and we would pick one or two parks and we would go every year. So growing up, but you know, but you know, Nick family. Yeah. You know, the family. I'm just saying, <laughs> Oh, no, come on. It's, it's my it aunt was, and uncle. Yeah, it's uncle Tony. Sure. Uncle it, actually, June. it actually was my uncle. <laughs> uncle Tony. But we didn't call him uncle Tony. We called him uncle Sonny. But that's the, well, that, that's, that's that's the other name. That's the other name. You know, you're not helping yourself, dude. 
You know how many times I've been to Disney? <laughs> Not bagel. Zero times. <laughs> um, and then there's there's also the group of people who were like, oh, Disney, it's only for children. I would never go to Disney World. And they're just missing out. Because I went to Disney quite often as an adult, too, mm-hmm. before I had my child. Um, and it was an amazing time. We would always go. We would go. You drink. You have fun. You mm-hmm. ride a bunch of roller coasters. Mm-hmm. You swim in epic pools and eat, like, gigantic meals. It's not just, like, every. I think every. there's a lot of people who just assume that Disney is. Like they just want to be bitchy about it instead yeah. of just try to enjoy it. Yeah, right. It's true. It's true. All those times that we went, we had just an amazing time. Uh, you and I have never been to Disney together. <laughs> I know. That was dripping sarcasm. I, I, I picked up on the sarcasm that you were dripping. Now, of course, now, of course, with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. You know, now it's like impar- Like before, it was kind of like, I don't want to interfere. Now it's imperative. I assume that it's going to happen at some point in time. I'm hoping. <laughs> I hoping. Assume... Why don't you hope in one hand and <laughs> shit in the other and see which one fills up? <laughs> well, either way. There's the episode title. Either way, yeah. Hope in one hand, shit. shit in the other. Shit in the other. There you go. <laughs> episode 543, dot, 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 shit in the other. <laughs> iTunes doesn't like the overly long titles. Um. All right. So that's that's a thing. Let's move on to this other story that's on our prep sheet, Encyclopedia oh. Prep Sheetica. Chris Hemsworth is taking a break from acting to spend time with his family. Well, that makes sense. He's been a busy boy for quite some time, Chris Hemsworth. I mean, between the MCU and a smattering of other projects, he I feel like he's been working nonstop for 10 years. So I heard someone say that he's doing this just to save his marriage. So... It really has nothing to do with actually being tired. Yeah, but uh, I mean that was, and that's just totally rumored, by the way. No, but but even still, like if you just, I mean, the, the title of the article, a uh, red, uh, you know, reads us to spend time with family. The under the underlying message there is children and wife, mm-hmm. and there's you know, but again, I I feel like he has legitimately just been, he's been working, working around nonstop. Yeah, I, I all of those MCU people have been working nonstop. Since their movies have been introduced, you know, not true. Um, at least all the leads, I would think. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the man deserves a break. Yeah, I mean, you know, that he's taking a break from everything is not really a surprise. But it also, if you read the article, it says this year I probably won't shoot anything. Right. That's one year. Sure. Because you know he's going to be in that Guardian sequel. Right. And that's going to go into production either later this year, the end of next year, depending on when he finishes the suicide squad, God help us. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise. Uh, and there's also rumored Thor four has now been rumored as well. So, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with it, especially if I'd be okay. Absolutely. You know, and again, considering where we are now, right. And considering that Thor four is a rumor. Yeah, I know. It's like, you remember like, remember a very long time ago, OG, when, um, when I was in the hospital uh-huh. and, and the doctor said to you in the hospital, if you know anyone, you may want to call yeah. because things were bad. Yes. And, and, and I feel like some days, 
like when I hear things like Thor 4 is being rumored, right. I feel like I haven't woken up. <laughs> I feel all- like either I've died or I still or I've just not woken up and I'm going to wake up and it's going to be like 2000 and what, four or five, whatever that was. That's what I feel like. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up and, and I'm just going to be like, oh, hey, and and it's just going to be like Avengers movie. What a ridiculous idea, you know, and then I become <laughs> Kevin Feige of that uh, of that universe. It's uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting situation to be in. But... There was there was a there was a movie trailer. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I, w- I don't know. I don't remember the name of the movie. I wish I did. I'm sure if you Googled something about it, you would figure it out. It's about a guy who like, I don't know if he gets hit, hit on the head or something like that. And he's like a musician. I think he's like an Indian guy. It might be a British film. And, and he wakes up in a universe where there's no Beatles. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That came out. I've heard in the he last just, year. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Same here. Last year that came out. I thought it was, I last thought it just year. came out. Like last week, I recently, yeah. yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and like, and he just like, he just starts rec- like becoming the greatest musician ever because he just records the Beatles songs, like yeah, Beatles he just songs. makes the Beatles songs, That's great. yeah, like the premise was really really interesting. I thought, anyway, sorry, side note, that's okay. Um, it looks like it's official. Robert Pattinson <coughs> is going to play the Batman. Okay. <laughs> Where's um did we put the crickets back on the board? I why I don't think it's I don't think it's crickets worthy. I mean it's only crickets worthy because I think we already talked it to death. I don't think there's I have firefly but no crickets. Um you have what? He said he has firefly <laughs> but no crickets. <laughs> That's it, Nick. That's it. He said it. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. That was a gimme. I don't care. No, I watched your face. No, I knew what I was doing. I said it. Take me out to the black. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. Disney, get on that animated series, would you? Well, right? Please. How about this? Get on that live action series. I don't want a live action series. I want an None of them are doing anything. I don't want a live action series. Why? Because I think they're too old. What? I think they're too old. You can't have Ron Glass anymore. So there's no Shepherd book. Okay, so there's no Shepherd book. He's dead. So is Wash. You get a couple of new characters. Olay. Nah, you can't. Hello, Star Trek: The Next Generation. You cannot have that show without Wash. Oh, please. He was the comic relief of the show. You get another. Co- I told you all about how we solved this years ago. Can they CGI his face on some? Ash's Adam? twin. Bro- Ash, Wash's twin brother. Animated series. Anyway, I'm not saying it couldn't be an animated series. Are you reading the comic, by the way? Uh, I'm not reading the current version because I'll wait for it to get collected and then I'll read it. I think the collected was just uh, solicited, solicited, right? Yeah, so it's, it'll be another month or two before we see it. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Robert Pattinson has been cast as the Batman. This isn't a huge <laughs> shock at this point. I think we said everything we had to say about it last week or two weeks ago when the rumor first dropped. Yeah. Um, it's just official now. So I'm still 100% okay with it. I have no issue with it. Um, I'm kind of excited, to be honest with you. I look forward to seeing what they do with it. I look forward to hoping that he blows me away and gives me a great performance a la Heath Ledger. 
as the Joker. And that's, I mean, until I see something, mm -hmm. I'm just going to live in that world for now. Because I have no, I have no real reason to not live in that world for right now. Yeah. Um, new Rambo Last Blood trailer. What? I put that on our Facebook page. What? Why are we still getting Rambo movies? That's my it's question. It's not. It's the last Rambo movie. I understand. Why are we still getting Rambo movies? <laughs> uh, because people will still go see them. Did the last one do that well? I, think I mean, it, it did well enough for Stallone to want to finish it out. Yeah. It says here that uh, the last movie, the 2008 movie, uh, earned $113 million worldwide on a $50 million budget. So, all right. And there's your answer. So it, so it, it brought in more than it needed. To but make you know a, what? To make a final the trailer one. looks meh. I'm, it does look meh. I, I, look, I think this is Stallone is consistently tying up all of the loose end characters that he that he kind of brought around i i honestly think that's why schwarzenegger oh no uh yeah why schwarzenegger is doing this last terminator movie this next terminator movie i have a feeling yeah, no one said it's the last no but i have a feeling <laughs> that this might be his last hurrah with the character i think it's them sort of tying up his ends to it you know what i think if that was true i think they would have put that out there in the press I mean, unless they're holding that piece of information to be closer than the release. Well, I think they might have to hold that piece of information if it's integral to the story. Okay. That's fair. Right, because but, it would be a but, huge spoiler otherwise. Well, he dies every movie. Yeah, but but there but there might there could be some sort of finality to it finally. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's a time travel story. So there's never finality is the point. Absolutely. I agree with that. This is a direct sequel to T2. I know. And literally ignores everything else. So anything it, is possible. Easily they could slap the no makeup on him and just give him a gun and say, I'll be back. And call it a day. He could be, he could be doing it again. I don't so. know. Schwarzenegger. Uh, is 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 known notoriously known for not liking to sign away his uh, his likeness rights. So they're not gonna CGI him if he's not there. <laughs> well, somehow I think um, the he's paycheck. not working enough to be discriminating with his likeness rights. At this did point. you see? Speaking of Schwarzenegger and unrelated to the prep sheet, but did you see he was at that charity event? Was it two weeks ago? Something like that. Did you see this? Think, was he in Africa? I think he was in South Africa. Yeah. And it was right. like a, a charity event. Or no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a charity event. It was a bodybuilding event. I don't recall. Right? For, but it was for like, I don't know. It was, it was some sort of health and wellness yeah, thing. Yeah. But some random guy in the audience ran up and drop kicked him. And no, I didn't see that. Schwarzenegger yeah. literally like stumbled forward like a half a step. And then just went back to what he was doing. And later on, he's like, I thought somebody just brushed into me in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, but then security just oh, yeah. security pounced on this guy. And you hear you hear him screaming, like, call the police or something yeah. like that. But it's I thought it was just funny that Schwarzenegger, at his age, is still just a brick shithouse. Like, he's oh, yeah. still just a beast um, as far as physical fitness is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, the Russo brothers, who I feel like the Russo brothers is now a name I see in the news every week. Russo brothers are tied to literally every project. Yeah, because everybody was like right writing now. articles on every interview that they gave and trying to capitalize on them. But it's like every single, sure. I, every new project that's coming out somehow 
has the Russo brothers tied to it, right? It's not just me, right? And am I? I feel like that's there's buzz. like a dozen, huh? That's that's buzz. That's, I, that's I know how they're trying to generate buzz. If they've taken a meeting with the Russo brothers, or the Russo brothers have said, you know, we took a meeting about Magic the Gathering, right? Ugh, uh, then. Of course, that's buzz, and of course, publicity is going to use that to create more buzz. Even if they exit the project, they're creating excitement about the project by attaching the Russo brothers to it. So the Netflix has now announced that the Russos would be teaming up with Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro to produce an animated series based on the mythology of the fantasy game. The Russo brothers will oversee the creation of an all new storyline and expand on the stories of the planeswalkers. Um, so, uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, uh, magic, the gathering is probably one of the most well-recognized fantasy games out there at this point. With lots of passionate, pe uh, passionate people. Lots of it. passionate people. Lots of mythology. Lots of books that are surrounding lots it. Lots of great visuals. Um, I'm shocked that they went with Magic the Gathering and not with Dungeons and Dragons. But isn't Dungeons and Dragons being developed for something else? Didn't we read that? Isn't there like another movie franchise or something that's that that's coming out somewhere along the line? I don't, I don't lines? think so. Did we make fun of it? Because that's what we would have done. Um, no, I, I feel like we actually didn't make fun of it. I think I thought the angle, at least the angle that I had taken on it was that it could be done well if it's nurtured and treated respectively. And I feel the same way about Magic the Gathering. If it's done right, it could be fine. It's if it's done with Richard O'Brien as the lead of the Thieves Guild that you have to question whether or not it's going to, with Marlon Wayans... Oh, yeah. yeah. Marlon Wayans. As the fast-talking thief. You know, that's when you have to start to be concerned. Closest thing to what you thought to a and d update was the, uh, we talked the about car the commercial. Cartoon. Well, the car commercial uh, came out. Yeah. I, no, I, for some reason, I thought we had talked about something like a year ago. Um, so. But but maybe I am I am mistaken. But either way, um, I'm okay with it. I'll, we'll, I'll be interested to see how they adapt it, what they do. Again... An animated series is definitely a better way to go than a live action series. Um, CGI. How it's treated is going to be fully dependent on a lot of things. I think Netflix does a pretty good job with its, you know, in-house content creation. Mm -hmm. um, they've done a good job with children's shows as well as adult shows. Um, you know, I was curious and concerned about how they were going to adapt Castlevania and they did two seasons of that show that were really good. Plus we have things like stranger things, umbrella Academy, um, and a plethora of other ones. So certainly they've, they've proven that they can handle sort of fantasy genre, pop culture genre. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's too mm. early for me to give any other opinion other than that. But I feel like I no longer have to approach all of these things with as much hesitation and scariness as I once used to. <laughs> You know, like, like I have a little bit of comfort. Just enjoy the headlines. That's it. Just enjoy it for what it is until it. It's it's just, you know, at some point you, you come to the realization that I feel this is this is something that I think uh, I've learned from the show over the years is you just come to the re realization at some point that regardless of what a how bad an idea may be, it's still going to barrel forward if they feel like. They, the powers that be, feel like they can somehow 
um, what's the right word, benefit off of the popularity of something else. So in this case, here's a great example. D&D as a game is more popular now than I think it's ever been, like right. ever, you know, in its entire history. I think it's more popular now than it's ever been. Um, and it's a game and it has fantasy elements. Um, there was what, how many million viewers viewed the end of Game of Thrones? And everybody's talking about Game of Thrones, which is another fantasy Sure. Uh, series. So this isn't, you know, arguably these are the sort of elements that in a meeting room, somebody sits down and goes, okay, listen, we got a game. It has fantasy elements. We do like a movie or a thing with it. We're going to get all those kids in, you know, we're yeah. going to put butts in the seats. Absolutely. And I think that's, this is the inevitable result of the fact that if they can take something and attach it to something successful, they're going to do it, whether it works or not. And here's a great example of something that it just doesn't have a storyline. There's magic? no storyline to Magic the Gathering. Oh, there absolutely it, it's, is. At best, it's a loose storyline. No, there's, I mean, even outside of the novels, there are no, novels. That's what I mean. Not within the game. I mean, I mean, outside of the, the, the game, there's, right, there's novels and there's comic books and those continuities don't match up by the way. And, uh, y you know, there's, yeah, there's, oh, there's always supplemental material. That's fine. But at the core of it, it's a card game with fantasy elements. And we're going to now it's, it's the same. I'm giving it the same argument that we gave when they decided to make jungle cruise a movie. Right. I think, well, I think this has, I, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I've read a lot of the gray matter material when the magic the gathering releases not recently because i haven't played magic in years but years, i remember for years. a while even after i played i was still sort of following the releases just out of like mm -hmm. curiosity Did you and i quit right around the same time i quit right after ice age yeah yeah we there quit was, at the same time yeah there was an expansion after ice age that was like uh yeah it, that's all right so we we did we i remember exactly they were red cards and it wasn't a full expansion like Ice Age was. Like it was, Ice Age was its own standalone. Came with starter decks and stuff. But there was an expansion that came after that, and it was another. It was the next one. Yeah, we yeah, quit whatever in that was. There. Yeah, it was right yeah. around there that I quit. And I think it was just because, I mean, I had some bad experience playing. Um, you did was part of it, and I think I just kind of grew out of it, just in general. They still sell pretty well, though. Those cards. Oh, they do. They oh. do. And I know people who play. In tournaments still, I know who people who play every week, who have game groups that play. Retailer X still has tournaments. Oh, um, yeah. um, does does Gotham have Magic Nights and Magic Gathering Nights and stuff so, like that? It's like select days. Like select we, days, we had yeah. it a while ago. We yeah. haven't done it. There hasn't been crazy demand as much. So um, my, my town, for example, um, last summer had like a little independent tournament at the rec center. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's still it still is very popular. It still does very well. The online game also, the with the online game, by the way, which is essentially just the regular game but online, Magic the Gathering Arena, which I've played also. I have it downloaded. Yeah, I never tried that. It's pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. How much does it cost? It's free. Oh, it's free, and you get you you unlock new decks and new cards, and it's it's fun. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's worth trying out then. Yes. Were you... I was waving at uh, Neely Love who oh. waved. Um, in so, the chat room. So yes, Magic the Gathering. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested. 
I'm interested insofar as I was a fan of it, and I'm always interested in anything fantasy. Um, and if it stinks, it stinks, and if it's great, then then it's one more thing that I get to enjoy. You know what else is fantasy? Dungeons and Dragons. I know. I've heard. It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. Uh, so what do we have? We have a couple things, right? D&D mm -hmm. related in the news tonight. One of them I know is in game stuff, but we could talk about it quickly here. And the other one is not in game stuff. The first one was Dungeons and Dragons, um, the Warriors of Waterdeep, which is a new mobile game, um, based in the D&D universe. If it's ever, if it's anything like the last D&D &D mobile game, which was Icons of the Realm. Okay. I think is what it was called. That game was hot garbage. <laughs> I don't imagine this one is much better. It's again, it's trying to take something that's successful in one format, I think, and and try to rework it into another format. Uh, Icons of the Realm was like a tap tap game. Yeah, oh, I hate and, and it was based on strategy, like where you positioned your party. Like if you put the bard next to the cleric, the cleric got some sort of weird bone. It was. It was a shit game. I downloaded it for my phone because I was curious. And then I downloaded it for the PlayStation because someone was like, oh, don't download it for your phone. Get it for the PlayStation. It's much better. Nope. It's the same shit game with different controls. So I was, I'm, I'm less than excited about this. If it's similar. I haven't, I haven't downloaded it yet. Um, is it, is it actually released already? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I was going to say, I know I saw an advertisement for it, but I had not downloaded it yet. Um, so I will check it out. The one that I am sort of excited about, though, um, is was an E3 pre-announcement slash tease. Um, and this is in game stuff, so I'm not going to go over it too much. But they did tease Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. Now, I played the original Baldur's Gate. I quite enjoyed it. I did not play Baldur's Gate 2. Um, I don't know if that's going to matter whether or not I... I suspect I don't really care, and I will probably try Baldur's Gate 3, assuming I have a machine that can actually run it. Baldur's Gate 3 probably answers all the questions from Baldur's Gate 2. Right. What is a boulder? <laughs> yeah. Why are they spelling it like that? Yeah. We have some tough questions here. The, the, the hard-hitting facts. But we'll let Coke Logic cover that a little bit more. Oh. Um, was there any? Was there something it's else? It's D&D. <laughs> Warriors that terrify. It's D and D. Yeah. Cut me off, you rat bastard, mother. You motherfucker. The one thing boy, I would you, do want to point boy, out, Nick, you are on today, I, sir. I'm trying. You are on. The one thing I'm excited for that's in the prep sheet. Uh huh. Uh, the remastered Ghostbusters video game for yes. PS4. So, uh, the original version of this came out for PS3. It was on PS3. It was on the Wii. I don't recall if it was on Xbox. Yeah. Maybe it was. Um, it was a fantastic game. I don't care which platform you enjoyed it on. To me, that is the third Ghostbusters movie. The, so the, in that game is the one where you play the, the rookie. rookie. Yes. Right? Um, and so much so that when they eventually, I forget who was putting out those figures at the time. The Ghostbusters figures, the articulated figures. Maddie nice Collectibles? One. No, it wasn't the Maddie Collectibles ones. It was Diamond. the one I had beef with those. No, but it was the ones before that. It was the one I might have been. Was it NECA? I don't recall. It was the one that the one with Peck. Oh no, maybe it was Maddie Collectibles. 
Walter Peck. Yes, it yes, was Maddie. It was, Maddie. it was Mattel. Oh, okay. They Mattel. put out a rookie figure. Yes, it, it did. It just said rookie on the patch. Yeah. I have that figure. I have most of those figures. I only missed a handful in that line from the initial wave. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Maddie was good toys, now? but the the game is was fantastic. The game was a lot of fun. I I will get it again as a big Ghostbusters fan. Yeah. And um, hopefully there was a few updates. I don't know how they could update some of the storylines in there. Right. Graphics. Obviously, the graphics will be. I'm hoping there may be a side mission or two. Maybe that's thrown into there. It's possible. Put out some DLC. Just to make it a little bit more enticing. But um, for anyone that's a Ghostbusters fan, it is absolutely worth picking this up. Um, and is, uh, and to me, the perfect third movie of Ghostbusters. And I, for storyline. For me personally, video game wise. Yes. And I know this is not the first game that has done this, but for me personally, video game wise, I remember I played the game when it first came out. I bought it for the PS3. Mm -hmm. And I made it, I don't know, I'm going to say I made it about a quarter of the way through the game. And I got real frustrated. Really? Because I couldn't advance. I just. The I, only thing I remember being a little bit annoying is when they go back to the hotel. Some of the hallways were like too were too dark. Yeah. In trying to make it spooky, to where it made it more annoying. But I remember saying to myself, as opposed to what I would traditionally do when I get to that point in a game, which mm -hmm. is say "fuck this game" and return it. Um, I remember what I did instead was I restarted the game on the easy mode, uh -huh. which was pretty much it. Build it when you went to the title screen. It was like if you just want to play this game and enjoy the story. With little to no real challenge, pick this mode. And I remember going back and picking that mode for no other reason than I wanted to finish the story. Because the story that they had built up in mm -hmm. the game, as far as I had made it, was really fun. And it's I was a like, great I want to see how this plays out. And yeah. I went back and I... My, my only beef with the game is that I wish it was longer. It was kind of short. Yeah. It was like... It was like twelve hours of gameplay. Total. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. So this is a game that I probably would not buy a physical copy of if I get it. I, I would, would get the collector's edition for this one for sure. Are they going to put out a collector's? I, edition? I'm hoping they. I do. was going to say because, uh, but if it does happen, I will. A get lot it. of times with these remasters, they just do the. They just do like a DLC, like it's, or not a DLC, uh, digital only. You know. But for a franchise like this, it's they might it's possible. They might put something you know, fun out there. We'll see. Um, but I am I I probably will get that at, at some point in time. You can stream it on the Twitch. I could stream it on the Twitch. Um, let's do. You want to do the Mortal Kombat thing? Yeah, I want to do Mortal Kombat, and I also I just yeah, let's do Mortal Kombat actually. Um, so Mortal Kombat, the first bit of DLC is starting to roll out. Um, I know the sh uh, the Shang Tsung DLC I think is out already. I haven't grabbed it yet. Because I've been involved in playing Witcher 3 and I have to go back to Mortal Kombat. It's about, it's about that time. But um, Bruce Campbell recently teased that he would potentially be making an appearance in Mortal Kombat 11. Reprising the role as Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise. Groovy. Down with that 100%. Absolutely I think, I think what's his name also teased today. Um, Keith. Uh, Keith David. Or David Keith. Sure. Keith David. I don't who, know. Pick one. Who's the one that was in Men at Work? Your 50-50 chance. On don't that. steal my fries. <laughs> yeah, one of them. He he was he was he was also in that Batman ripoff show. He played the he played the 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 big top Say what you want to say. Is it the white guy or the black guy? I it's the black guy, but I don't know his name. Keith 
David, sir. Keith David. Thank you. Keith David also teased that Spawn would be coming in um, and he would re- be reprising voicing Spawn. Yes, that guy. He would be because he's he had voiced Spawn. I think, <laughs> Two totally different games. people, by the way. <laughs> no, I know, but but this is a long-standing joke on on Keith on David or David Keith. We've this has been this goes back a long time on oh, okay. this show. Um, but uh, yeah, so Bruce Campbell has hinted that he will be potentially doing um, Ash Williams uh, as. In Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, please. Yes, please. I'd buy it if that's I would buy it because, first of all, nobody does gratuitous, campy blood and guts better than Sam Raimi and Ash. Agreed. Like, even when the the show came out on Stars or wherever, I think it was Stars, right? Yeah. The very first episode of that show, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I loved every episode of that show. I watched it. I was ashamed that I got canceled. But but the gratuitous, campy, nonsensical amount of violence in Mortal Kombat 11 is a perfect marriage for Ash. Because only in Mortal Kombat can you kill a character halfway through. Like, take the character and put his head completely through a spike. And then he just gets back up and keeps fighting you. Yes, which is perfect for Ash Williams. So that's commitment. I am I am super <laughs> excited for for that rumor and hope that it plays through. Um, we are running long, so maybe we're gonna skip some of these things and save them for for bonus content. I just want to hit on two more things. Um, this thing in particular because I want Big Kev's opinion on it. And oh, then, and then I'm going to just give a personal opinion on something else. Quentin Tarantino and Gerard Carmichael are teaming up for a Django Zorro film. Mm. I want your opinion on this because you are, historically speaking, a big Zorro fan. Uh, this is true. All all of the Zorros, including the gay blade. Which, by the way, is a vastly underestimated film, which I think is I think you can now watch. On YouTube. Oh, really? I think, I think so, yeah. Um, a vastly underrated film. Anyway, the point is um, it's it's an interesting idea because we get Zorro back on the big screen, which right. I thought it was a humongous failure uh, on the part of producers not to produce the third Antonio Banderas I agree. Zorro's movie. I agree. Uh, Zorro movie. I think that was a disgrace. I thought the first two were brilliant. Um, they were funny. They were action packed. The story was good. I mean, the I mean, it was. They were really, really great films. I thought. And so my question is, if they're going to do this, are they going to bring back? Well, I presume they're going to get Jamie Fox back. Right. Are they going to get Banderas as an older Zorro? I don't know. Did you read what the Did you read what the premise is though? It's pretty. It's it's an interesting premise. So the film would the the film would pick up several years after the events of Tarantino's film Django Unchained, uh, with Django continuing his new career as a bounty hunter in the Western states. Eventually, he meets up with Diego de Luna, uh, aka the legendary Zorro. Um, or I'm sorry, Diego De La Vega, sorry. Uh, Django assumes a new role as De La Vega's bodyguard, quote-unquote, and soon discovers a new strain of slavery affecting the indigenous population. With this, he and his new partner set out to dish out their own brand of vengeful justice. So, I I wanted to read that because it sounds like Zorro is already an established character, and so Banderas sliding into that role 
would be appropriate. I mean, if they are able to do that, I would definitely think that would be a, a great way to go. If they're gonna just cast an older guy, just, I don't know. It just it could be. It, I honestly feel like it could go one of two ways here. It could either go like the the third Zorro movie we never got with these additional elements in it of Django and so on and so forth, or it's going to be a Django sequel with Zorro smashed into it. Right. But it you sounds know, and, like and they'll get some, you know, some like some non-Zorro person to play Zorro. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, um, Banderas has worked with Tarantino before. No. Yeah, didn't he? Mm-mm. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, but Banderas worked with Tarantino on... Um, on what? On Four Rooms, didn't he? Was he in that segment? I thought the segment that Banderas was in was the one that... Tarantino directed. Maybe I'm mistaken. I honestly don't remember. I mean, that's entirely possible, but I don't remember if that's the case. I know that he worked with Tarantino. Of course, is friends with very good friends with Robert Rodriguez, right? Who did El Mariachi and uh, you know that was El Mariachi, and then the remake of El Mariachi with Antonio Banderas that kind of launched his career, right? So. I mean, yeah, they obviously they definitely have connections, you know, and I definitely think that if they were going to if he was going to actually try to pull this off, I would I would think. And again, based on the premise here, I would think that that's an easy fit for them to do. I think, you know, so. uh, what's her name isn't working either. Catherine Zeta Jones Zeta Jones is doing zero. Right. You know, and so, I mean, if, even if they had to flesh it out a little bit in that way. You know, and God, you can get somebody to play their son. And, you know, like, I really think that they, this is, this could potentially be the Zorro 3 that we never got. Um, again, with those additional elements and sort of the Tarantino flavor, if you will. Or it could be a Tarantino Django sequel that he jams Zorro ham handedly into. So, we're trying to go to, those two see. ways. Tarantino, the man from Hollywood. Okay. So that's, so that is not the one. So scroll back up. Oh, Rodriguez directed the one with Banderas. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, there's that. I don't know. I would be interested in that though. Um, and then last, before we move on to segment two for tonight's show, um, I have started watching Good Omens. I don't know if either of you have started. No, because I'm doing it in one sitting because uh, I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about it. And I know what's going to happen. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do, no, I'm going to do one today and one, and I, it's just not going to happen. So we watched, so if I don't plan it, screwed. Right. So we watched the first two in a single sitting. Um, uh-huh. And it's, it's perfection. Really, mm-hmm. tenant and she, per, it's perfection like, as prime, like right? Right off the page. Yeah, and and what's his name uh, in it too? Um, Squiggy. John Ham. No, uh, John Ham is great oh, as Gabriel. Oh, 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 you mean um, Michael? Oh, um, Michael McKean. Michael McKean as mm-hmm. the modern day witch hunter general. Right. It's so good, Kev. It's so good. I mean, yeah, it drips no. with. It drips with. With with Gaiman and Pratchett's um, 
just everything. I mean, it's it's visual. It visually, it it plays well. Tenant is absolutely brilliant as Crowley. Um, you're gonna love it. I I have no doubt in my mind that you're absolutely gonna love it. Great. So, um, uh, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. I forget how many are total in the series, but um, six. I, is it six? Oh, yeah. I I cannot wait to just sit down and devour the last four. Um, it's that good. I mean, it's it it goes down. It's going to go down in the books um, as one of the best game in translations, which is which is impressive because I think American Gods is great, but unless I'm mistaken and someone can correct me, this Good Omen so far feels more like a direct translation of the book than American Gods, as opposed to the liberties that were taken with American Gods. Yeah. Now that's not that's to say true. that the liberties that were taken with American Gods were bad. Because I've I've enjoyed that show immensely as well, right? But this seems like a a much more one to one with obvious little updates, you know, for for technology and timing. But, but well, I'm uh, also a huge fan of Stardust. I'm a huge fan of Stardust too. But Stardust the movie takes some liberties with the original source material, also. Right, uh, and the movie but is also great. I, I like those liberties, I, and he I mean, was involved. Robert De Niro as the gay pirate king. I mean, fucking amazing. What yeah. I mean, another great film. But, but, um, yeah, certainly not BBC's Neverwhere. No, you know, we're never, it's, it's a shame because if they did Neverwhere now, yeah, maybe yeah. they will do Neverwhere after this. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe, uh, Amazon will actually decide to do six hours of Neverwhere. That would be really excellent because if they did it now, and they did it as a, you know, an actual thing right. and not a <laughs> not ostensibly like uh, the early 70s Sesame Street version right. of Neverwhere that we got from the BBC. Um, you know, I think it would be really, really amazing. Well, remember that, that said, if you can pick up the collected Vertigo Neverwhere. Uh-huh. That's still the standard by which anything else done with that book should be measured because that was perfect. I, I will say, though, that the one thing that that is missing that I think people should seek the actual book out for is the well, new always. bit, the new bit that he wrote, which was really good. Right. Um, that game and wrote for it, which was really good. But um, you remember Neverwhere, right? I mean, remember, he wrote the series first and was so pissed at how it went that oh, he was yeah. like, no, I got to write a book. I got to tell the story that I wanted to tell. So uh, I would love, because Neverwhere. I've had conversations with him about that very thing over dinner, sir. Uh, Neverwhere is probably my favorite Neil Gaiman story. Oh, you, uh, you know what? And it's, I, I, I won't say, I won't commit to it being my favorite um, uh, because I, I happen to think Sp Smoke and Mirrors is an excellent book as a collection of short stories. Books aside, as far as properties go, yeah, I don't know. OG, I don't know if I can go Neverwhere over uh, uh, over Good Omens. Now I understand the argument here is going to be, well, that's not just Neil, right? Um, and that's fine. If we're taking it purely from the aspect of Neil wrote from cover to cover, then yes, I'm with you on Neverwhere. But as far as properties that he's been involved with, I don't know, man. Good Omens is phenomenal. So, I mean, my first introduction to Neil outside of Sandman was Neverwhere. So right. I think it holds a special spot for me. But my follow-up to reading Neverwhere was Good Omens. 
So the two of those rank up there. Very read, high. Didn't you read? Uh, didn't you read American Gods when it came out? I well, I read American Gods when it came out, but by the time American Gods had come out, Good Omens was already in oh years soft old. cover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I read. I I bought. I have American Gods in hardcover. It was a first edition. I got it somewhere. I think yeah. I bought it at an airport, as a matter of fact, because I was like, "Fuck, I got a long <laughs> flight ahead. Of me. I need something to read. Let's get that American Gods book." Um, get that going. Um, but I liked Smoke and Mirrors as well. I liked uh, Coraline. I liked. Um, Coraline is another great adaption that we're not mentioning. No, Coraline is should. another great adaption. Um, but you know, I, I liked. I think. I think one of the only Neil Gaiman books I did not like is in Nancy Boys. I couldn't get into it. I tried really hard. You know, if and you're I, I just, not if you're not a hundred percent on board with American Gods, you're never going to be able to get into a Nancy. But Boys. I loved American Gods. I just yeah, couldn't but, get into a Nancy Boys. Did you ever read somebody that did, meet? read did you ever meet somebody did you ever talk to a neil gaiman fan who basically considers american gods kind of the new bible i i do i i have that's who a nancy boys is for i know i know it is <laughs> yeah that's that's who it's for and it. you know that was supposed to be one and there were going to be other ones as well yeah there were going to be other sort of deep dives into some of those other characters right. yeah but that didn't happen so not um, yet anyway all right with that being said big kev i think yes. we should probably yes, take OG. our first break What's that? We should probably we should take go... our first break. Oh, well, in that case, OG, uh, we will bring uh, this segment to a close the way we end all segments by saying we'll be right back. Hi, this is Carrie Byron from Mythbusters, and you're listening to Game Stuff with Coke Logic. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. <laughs> it's so near. E3 2019 is almost here, but before the show begins, a few games have gotten out in front of the pact to get your attention. <laughs> Death Stranding is the first game from Hideo Kojima since he was fired from Konami about four years ago, and his game just got a new trailer, and it's absolutely amazing. Whether or not you liked Metal Gear Solid games, this man has a vision, and is a true world builder. The sheer amount of creativity in his characters and settings are inspired, even if we don't have a clear picture of what's happening in the trailer. It's interesting enough that you want to find out. It would appear our protagonist is named Sam, played by Norman Reedus, and he's an astronaut of the afterlife, by way of what they refer to as bridge babies. But there's also an antagonist, who has the same abilities, but without the use of literal babies in a jar, played by Mads Mikkelsen. It's really cool, so much so you should check it out yourself. But the real takeaway from the trailer is that the game will be out this year, November 8th, exclusively on PlayStation 4. <laughs> Also big news this week, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 will arrive on October 25th, and unlike last year, this $60 game will have a single-player campaign, one that looks visually amazing as well. So anyone who was a bit put off by last year's multiplayer-only release, try not to stay mad, as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 drops October 25th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. <laughs> Things are changing for Destiny 2. After last year's big DLC release, Forsaken, Destiny 2 got a lot of major improvements to the core game, slowly fixing the things that changed from Destiny 1 to reach a more casual audience. An audience that left them cold. So they came crawling back to the fans of the series. And it was good. Forsaken was a big success. But then they started their seasonal content, which seemed pretty lackluster after their big pop. No new strikes, no new PvP maps, and they really stretched out the content with the drip feed release. And a lot of people fell back off. 
Especially with last season, which focused on a game mode called Gambit, which people just didn't really enjoy. But new season, new Bungie. As they seem poised for a comeback more than a brutalized Hulk Hogan. Starting Tuesday with the Season of Opulence. A season that will be focused on secrets and more importantly, stories that might tie together the whole narrative. Destiny 2 has about 7 to 10 story threads at any one time, and none of them get resolved, because it's a continuing story. But this might be the time we actually see some payoff, and it's very exciting. And to top it off on June 6th, Bungie will be talking about what's next for Destiny 2 after this season. And with wording like that, we can deduce that it's not Destiny 3, but more Destiny 2 content, which is all multiplied by the fact that Bungie is now an independent studio. After this season, which is still tied to Activision, Bungie are free. And while that means less budget, it also means more freedom. Complete freedom, actually. So those who haven't liked the game, and rightfully so, Destiny 2 is about to get very interesting once again. And finally, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 Remastered have been announced for every console under the sun, which would include PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. A fact that ties in very nicely to the rumored announcement that Baldur's Gate 3 might be announced this week. It's gonna be a killer E3. I hope we survive. This is Coke Logic signing off for Game Stuff. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. What the fuck was that? Your sister has turned into a zombie. Hey gang, this is Bruce Campbell, and you are listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Ha ha! Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Go fuck yourself. What the fuck was that? It's the Evil Dead! And we are back Yay. with this episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff, episode 543, dot, 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 shit in this hand. Have we... Should we just have do we, something uh, with five points? Have we begun uh, discussing the plans... For what? Uh, for episode 600 yet? Uh, I'm no, putting something together right no, now. That is, that is dot, 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 shit in that hand. That's 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 a little bit different. Just I'm go. just saying it's, you know. It's, it's two years away. It's not two years, is it? No. Well, it's it's 60 episodes. For us, that's about a year and a half. So it's 18 months oh. away. Okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway. <laughs> During the break, we heard from our very good friend, Coke Logic, with his game stuff this week. Mm -hmm. um, I'm super excited for Death Stranding. Even though I have no idea what the fuck the game is about, other than it's Norman Reedus on a motorcycle doing some weird sci-fi shit with babies. Uh, I think the game looks really fucking cool. Perfect description. <laughs> because no one really knows what the hell the game is about. There was like They Everyone put out like a six-minute trailer. Reedus. Yeah, exactly. Everyone likes sci-fi. Exactly. Everyone likes babies. That's it. Let's get those bitches together. That's it. Get these bitches together and put them in a video game. <laughs> and there you have it. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that game. That comes out November this year. Um, of course, he talked about Boulder's Gate 3 and a couple of other things. Also, during the break there, we heard from our lovely sponsor, 
our good friends over at uh, Model Space. Build an X-Wing. Buildxwing.com if you'd like to get in on this fantastic collectible item. Oh, yeah. Buildxwing.com. The 118th scale dream come to life. A fully realized, fully um, scaled X-Wing fighter for your... And I, I, I say it's for your action figures. I mean, yes, you don't have to. If you get the deluxe package, certainly you can use all of the um, very awesome uh, figurines, which do not move, um, to sort of deck out your display of this amazing ship. Um, but, of course, you can use, uh, you know, those other figures as well, those action figures that you buy at the toy store. Uh, and for guys that have been collecting three and three-quarter figures for, let's say, I don't know, 30, 40 years, um, this is the X-Wing you've been waiting for your whole life. I really honestly hope, I hope they do a TIE Fighter this size, uh, you know, in scale. I mean, they're obviously not going to do a Millennium Falcon because that's ridiculous. That would be ridiculously huge. And I think the one we got from Hasbro is probably the biggest one we're going to get. But staying focused, buildxwing.com allows you to uh, see all the inner workings of the X-Wing. It's got some lights. Uh, it's got um, all – It's everything is realized. Like all the, the intricate details on the inside are all uh, there for you. You put it together a little bit at a time each month. And when you're done, you got one of those models – that you see at shows that cost thousands of dollars, but you have one now and you put it together. So making it even more special for you. So definitely check out buildxwing.com. Again, I say go for the, whatever the deluxe package is. It gives you the ground, you know, static figures of the ground crew, some lights, gives you one of those people movers. Nice, real nice. Nice. Uh, there is a phone number if you'd like to get in on this in addition to visiting their website. Uh, Mr. Monty, sir, do you have that phone number? 877-544-6779. There you go. So give them a call. Go online. Get in on the goodness. And, uh, yeah, it'll be an excellent collectible to add to your collection. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. All right. Now, this past weekend, yeah, uh, Mr. Monty and myself well as the rest of my family uh we went out to greenpoint brooklyn yeah to the five points festival um this was run by a group of people um most of whom we know in some capacity um i i saw a bunch of the clutter people were there um whom you know some i like and uh, but some not so much. But 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 Sarah, our good friend Sarah and Kyle were there. Um, I did not get to see either of them very very much. Sarah was running around like a very organized chicken without a head all day long. Um, right. Um, but they put on an amazing show. The one time I actually saw Kyle, he had two pitchers of beer in his hand that were empty, and he said, <laughs> "I'm putting out some fires right now," and then walked away. I don't know if he meant literally. <laughs> but I know at one point in time he was also bartending. A fire in his belly. So, um, but uh, just to rattle off a handful of the names that I saw there, that we saw there before oh. we talk about it, um, just so you get a feel for who was there, Big Kev. Uh, naturally, okay. I saw Benny from of Tenacious course. Toys, our good friend Benny. Uh, I saw our good friend Lou Pimentel was there. Mm, yeah, I saw a picture of his setup on, I think it was Instagram. Um, yeah, nice. He had a lot of nice things. Yep. I saw Chris Reiniak and Amanda Louise Spade. I had a very nice conversation with Chris. Love that guy. 
Um, I saw um, uh, right next to Chris Reiniak, um, Big Kev, was Tara McPherson's booth. Fuck him. Her. Fuck her. Um, no, him. Oh, well, yes. I have no so, problem with Tara. You're right. She, and she was not there, by the way. Or I did, she was there eventually. I did not see her there. But right. he was there. Of course he was. He was there. And, Fucking gold brick parasite. And um, this is the guy, Nick, for a little bit of context. He is. Uh, we had a problem with this guy. We had a problem with the Tyra McPherson booth at New York Comic Con years ago. Did you call your Uncle Sonny? No, I did not. Um, we should have. <laughs> because he was, uh, he, was, he was blowing up balloons okay. in his booth and throwing them into the crowd, a.k.a. our booth. Yeah. And it, oh, and I'm sure was, you love that. And it was just creating a problem. Was this at the same time you were dealing with the Crave? It was situation? the same time oh, we were dealing with that's Crave. That's even worse. It was, it, was, it, was, it was all that same year. The crave follow. Yeah. yeah. Cluster fuck of yeah. douchebaggery. Yeah. So so they were there. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I saw um, I saw our friend Brian over at Healy. I saw Healy. I had a conversation with Mr. Healy. Love that right. man. Um, I saw uh, Cash Cannon and Mr. Mars, two other people that we know really well. I saw our friend Arson was there oh. and walking around. And um, Arson, because I don't know if you know, but he's been very, very sick for a lot of years now and hasn't I think been I able did to. Know that, actually. Yeah, he hasn't been able to paint or sculpt. He hasn't been able to. This guy with the big walk. beard. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. so real, nice, real nice guy. To see him out and about. Um, and his wife was there who, his wife, who you and I spent a bunch of time with at the designer toy awards a bunch of years right. ago, cause he was nominated and was sitting at like a special area. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. She was sitting with us with, uh, the mayor that yes. year. Um, so I, she was there. I saw her, I saw the mayor. I saw the other Rob, the mayor, both Robs the were there, Rob. <laughs> Lumino and Lucido both there. So I saw them. Um, me and Lucy. Yep. I saw, who else did I see? I saw our friend Travis over, over at uh, Urban Vinyl Toys. Uh, Urban Vinyl Design, rather, was there. Um, Travis. Vinny, there. My Plastic Heart. Uh, I saw the My Plastic Heart booth, but I did not see Vinny. He was there, but I think I just missed him. Right. Um, And I'm, I, there's a ton of other, there was a ton of other people that awesome. were there. There was an artist there that you would have 100% fallen in love with big oh Kev. cool thanks for sending me those photos mike altman i posted him on the on the on the instagram on the grams uh, mike altman i bought one of his pieces he does all of these like 3d sort of raised like painted pieces all using cardboard those are trippy yeah he, and i mean that in a great way uh i posted it on my instagram You'll see Don't it's you have the, it in the, the studio. You can just I do not up. have it in the studio. No, because it's actually hanging in my living room. The wife in just, your living room. The, oh, yeah. This is this is a piece that the wife wanted. Whoa. It was um, the dog, right? Well, it, hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to tag you in it on Instagram. I'll tag, mm, you in tag me in it. I'm just going to go to the Instagram and look you up. Um. So. <laughs> wow. If your wife wanted it. Yeah. That damn. was that was a piece where the two of us stopped at the table and we're like, so which piece are we buying? She's like, well, I like this one or that one. And I was like, well, I'm fine with I've either of there. those. Yeah. I've been there for that. Yeah. So you, um, someone could easily just walk out spending thousands upon thousands of dollars. I, there was so much great, I, interesting, unique items I spent there. a couple hundred dollars easily. Yeah, I easy. spent about $80 at Chris Reiniak's booth. 
And I would say out of that, $76 of it was not for me. I'm not even joking. I bought myself one sticker at his booth. Mm -hmm. Everything else that I purchased at his booth was for my son, who now has a better Chris Reiniak collection than I do. Because he <laughs> has two originals. Wow. When did this start? Well, this is this is a leap so I'll, that I'll, we've made. I'll, so I'll tell you when it started. Uh, my son was very excited to go to this show. That's cool. You know, uh, I, I, I'm trying to raise him in a world that doesn't embrace just television and YouTube and things like yeah, that. He'll be a good father. Good. And he certainly has all of those things in his life. He yes. watches plenty of YouTube, plays Minecraft. But my son also goes to art shows and galleries. Mm -hmm. And he walked around this art festival all day Saturday. And you were there for a large portion of it. Yeah. He was really interested in just about everything. He did not saw. look bored for one for second. One if second. anything, it was tr tricky kind of getting him to stay in one you place. Know, yeah. God damn it. Now the kid is interesting, and I'm six thousand miles yeah. away. <laughs> so, so he, so we were looking at Instagram before going to Five Points, mm -hmm. and I was showing him different artists that we would that would kind of get get kind of get, get him, him excited, and and I showed him one of Chris Reiniak's pieces, and he goes, "Oh, Dad, I've seen those pieces in your office." And I said, "Oh yeah," I said, "And you have one of his pieces. You have one of his blind box pieces from the Bindlewood series." He's like, oh, yeah. Did he know Did he know that? He did. Oh, that's even better. And I said, and I said, do you know what else Chris was involved in that you really love, Frodo? One of your favorite shows on Netflix. Because he's a big fan of Troll Hunters. Oh, right. And I was like, well, Chris worked on creature design for that show. So instantly, he was Boom. like, oh, yeah, no, I'm interested. <laughs> so that was is the very. This, is it this red dog? It is, yeah. But he had a bunch of other pieces. He had like, he had like some real trippy ones, like the the dog in the spacesuit with like the bubble helmet. I that's not posted here, but he had some really cool pieces. I just think you would have liked it. You easily um, could have walked out with shopping carts. I would have, I would have loved the whole show. Believe me, um, I would have loved the whole show. The, Even the shit I hate yeah. right now, I'd have loved it. Well, the, go ahead. The, go the ahead. only thing. And OG and I were joking about this at the end of the day. The only things we had a problem with the show yeah. is that there wasn't enough beer, right? And that it was not at the beach. Yeah, that's right. That's like that right. was that was the only thing we could really. That's it. Well, that's, that's the pretty, joke. That's pretty is, much is, it. Oh. Is that? Oh yeah. Is yeah. that 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 the only the only things wrong with it were just dumb things. Yeah. But like, but but I mean, it was. It, it was it was such a great vibe. It's fantastic. Kev. People were people were nice. Like it was I even know. it was even. Can I tell you about this thing that I've been obsessing over that you posted? It's the Hellboy frog. Why has he not put out this piece? It, it, well, it's out because not that piece a, was. I mean, it's that, just the one, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I think it's I think it's or or maybe it's just the one. But I think it's the that one. That piece sir. was on display, and I'm pretty sure there was a price tag associated with it. No, he also had a bunch of art. All of his art is frog related. I know. I saw that. Yeah, I looked him up after I saw this. But the Hellboy piece, it's amazing. That piece is it's amazing. amazing. It look it looks the picture doesn't do it justice. Yeah. I would have. I mean, if they if he literally produced it, which I can't find any. I can find no evidence that he produced any of this piece other than this one. I I, I would have gotten it. Yeah, it's weird because um, he put it. Let's see. 
Oh, I mean, he, I, no, it was I, a one-off. I'm sorry, it was, it was a one-off. Right? He produced it for a group exhibition, My Own Hero. Yeah, yeah. For Comic-Con Soul in 20, uh, 2018. Right. Um, and then Which it went to the 50-50 gallery. But he might have been selling it, because I could have swore I saw... Yeah, how much was it? I, I was... I see a tag yeah, in your it, photo. I, 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 <laughs> it's I, just slightly to the right. I feel like it was I feel like it was rather expensive. I'm sure it was. I'm sure um, it was. But the show was amazing. The vibe was so good, Kev. The only problem uh, the only other real realistic issue it. we had was parking. Outside of that, I mean well, really I mean, it was that's... I really reckon but but I'm just like being nitpicky though. Like everything about the show was solid. The you know, I, I wish that some uh some of the vendors had like kind of smaller prints. Of the stuff that they were selling, um, right. but I mean everything was just like I could have walked out with a shopping cart full of stuff. Well, if I a lot to. of these things, Nick, are one off or two off. And I know, and I totally get it. It's just a matter of wall space, you know. That's um, Kev. I'm sending you an art print of the piece that he also was selling. Oh, where are you sending it? I'm texting you... it to you. Oh, I see. I think I texted to you. I hope I texted. Yeah, I texted to you. Um, so. Um, but it was, you know how like the block, even at New York Comic Con, the block gets way too chaotic, too jumpy, too crazy, too much going on. This was packed. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There was a ton of people there, but it was just so chill. Did he sell that print? He had an edition of six that were for sale. Ah, oh, fucking hell. But, but they were, they were, they were really expensive, Kev. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, like I like comfortably outside of your price range, and he wasn't there <laughs> when I took the fo- when I took the photos. But right. but that's why I tagged him in that photo because I knew you would want to reach out and find out more info. I do. Oh, and let's not forget yeah, that's the music. A really exquisite. Design. We're getting to it. Okay. So, in addition to everything else, in addition to the vibe, the live painting was awesome. Yep. That was great. They had live. It was kind of, they're kind of mesmerizing live. watching them do it. Yeah. Um. That was a lot Who of fun. Was there? Who was there? What? Who was live painting? Well, it was a live painting competition. It was like a graffiti. So, so everybody. So it was two on two. They right. each got like a section of wall. Like a wall panel. A wall panel. And it was just, you know, it was it was all graffiti. I think Mike Altman, the guy who, the dog, he made it into the finals. I don't know that he won, but he made it into the finals. Um, he won his round on the first day. I don't know who won overall. But it was such a great vibe. Sarah did an amazing job. Kyle did an amazing job. Um Cannot recommend it enough. It, it was hugely successful. It's definitely going to be there next year. Um, again, there's no way that they're not going to continue it. Um, Do you want to talk about some of the yeah? Items? Oh, the music. So they had yeah. music playing all day long, and it was it right. was like all just like ska. So it was just peppy and poppy and fun and exciting. <laughs> Kev, you know who was there? Um, who didn't have hardly anybody around his booth? Wait, just let me. Just let me brace for it, because I'm sure it's going to be something that's just going to anger me. So I don't know that it will anger you. That's the tone. No, no, I... no, no, no. That's the tone <laughs> that you took. So you're you're expecting you're expecting it. I understand. I don't You've think known it's going to anger long you. Time. You know how to be prepared for these situations. So just give me one second. You're you're very good best. You're very good bestie. Uh, you're no no no. You're not going to be upset by this. I'm serious. Okay. So so rebrace right. your expectations. You're very good bestie Morgan. <laughs> Mr. Sucklord himself. <laughs> I was about to ask about him actually. He was there. So um yeah. it I, I, I think I think the days of I think the days of three hundred dollars for a for a piece of broken resin are long past him. Oh yeah? Yeah. Just saying. Was he was he giving it all away? 
No, but I didn't see anybody knocking down his booth. Do you remember oh, there was a yeah. point in time where you couldn't even get near the guy? He was like, yeah. literally a like, celebrity. What was the New York Comic Con? Was it two years ago, maybe? No, it was or more three than that. years ago, three. where he was just cobbling figures together just behind yeah. there and selling them for three and four hundred dollars a piece. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. And selling. Yeah. No. No. The person who had the longest line, I think, honestly, the per- and I waited for forty minutes on this line. That was the first oh. line you got on. Was to. Chris Raniac? Raniac. His line was insanely long, insanely long. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, oh, Andrew Bell was there. Do you remember he did the Ono Sushi pieces? Yeah. I yeah, actually I bought an Ono one. Sushi print because um, yeah. I have, I think, most of the vinyl pieces that he put out. Um, so some of the other artists that were there that we really loved, Nick actually bought himself a print. What was Ooh. that guy's name, Nick? Which one? This one? Yeah. Uh, from Steve Chanks. Steve Chanks. Yeah. He did Chanks. this sort of... They, like they were horror prints. Horror yeah. montage. You actually might have liked the Friday the 13th stuff that he did had. Did you put it on Instagram, it. Nick? Um, I did not, but the print is here in the studio. Nick can grab oh. it. And, and Hold sh- that shit and, up. And show it to you. Who else was there while Nick's doing that? Um, oh, uh, never mind. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, that crap will rot your brain. Cute. Um, I'm trying to think who of our friends else, who are, who, who the rest of our friends were there. Uh, there were so many people, Kev, so many people that we just know, you know, not even artists, but people right. we just know from, from here and the there. scene. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Um, so th- there was, there was that guy. Um, there was, um, well, we mentioned, That's we mentioned we Chris, um, let's see. Uh, I bought an art print from this guy. His name was John R. Smith. Vox the Devil was his um, was his is his Instagram handle. Um, there was a handful of actually indie comic book guys there, like four or five of them. Yeah, and he was one of them. And I bought a really cute kind of uh, fantasy inspired print from him. Did you post it? I did post it. It's in my montage post. Montage. It's. It's picture three in my montage post. Oh, montage. All right. So so picture one was Chris Reiniak. Oh, okay. It looks like. uh... It's like an archer with like a little familiar. Yeah. 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 Um, So there was that. um, uh, Cody James. Cody James was there who I actually bought one of his prints at the. I bought one of his prints at the East Coast Comic Con. The one good thing the about that before, show. The one good thing was this guy's pr- – and he was there again. I had a nice conversation with him. He was the Mortal Kombat print <laughs> yeah, that I saw. I, bought. I walked past So him. he was there. His stuff was really cool. Um, Jamie D. McFarlane was there, Big Kev. I okay. feel like we've seen this guy's stuff before. On Instagram, he is J-D-M-A-C Sculpts. His stuff was amazing. J D M A. J D M A C sculpts. D M A C. So J D Max sculpts. Yes. Um, he was there. His art was was outstanding. Oh, I, uh, yeah. There's something familiar about this. Yeah. I feel like we've seen his stuff before. Was yeah, I really, think so. Really good. Um. Let's see who else. Who else was there that was really, really good? 
Um, I liked uh, Tom cool. Ryan's studio. Tom Ryan's studio was really good. I got uh, some Simpsons Daredevil mashup stickers. Yep. I got a Nintendo cartridge that said "Blow Me." Yes, that was pretty uh, funny. And there was a a cool Stan Lee pin that uh, he was taking pre-orders on. Right. Uh, I got that as well. Uh, the ones I lost out on, um, there was one-eyed girl. Uh, uh-huh. She had some. She had an awesome D twenty that was like a, a live figure uh, that looked like he was just kind of drunk and stupid. It was. You know what it was, Kev? It was a D twenty mimic. Oh really? With a big tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. And uh, what the hell was the other one? Uh, I just lost it. Uh, it was Jelly, Jellyco. 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 Yes. Yeah, I think it was one of the business cards you had. Had some great posters. Yeah. Um, the best one was the Meat Tornado. Was it Meat Tornado from uh, Ron Swanson? It was. Uh, was it? Was it? It wasn't Meat Tornado. It was me. Was it Meat Tornado? I thought it was Meat. It was Meat something. Yeah, it was definitely Meat something. But it was yes. Um, it was the Ron Swanson print. Meat Palace. Meat Palace. That's it. Uh, I would have if it was just a little bit smaller of a print. I definitely would have got that for my kitchen. Um, there was also, um, the spicy donut on Instagram, spicy donut artwork and oddities by Devin Lawson. Um, I really dug his artwork. Um, Matt Siren was there. Who's who unfortunately was not at his booth when I, when I was over there, but I really love his art. He was, he shared booths with the guy that Nick bought the print from Steve Chanks, Matt Siren. He had these old school styled flash tattoo sheets. It was like kind of pinup-y kind yeah. of uh, Sailor Jerry kind of style. Right. So he had these old flat, but they were like a pop. So he had like a Voltron fla- tattoo flash sheet. He had a He-Man yep. one. Um, not Ghost Girl. Is Ghost Girl his big character? I think it is. But Matt Siren, I've been a big fan of his work for a while. Um, Chris RWK was there. Um, who I also really like his his work. Um, oh, and one thing that's worth pointing out, the uh, the uh, pamphlet when you were walking into the place, uh-huh. uh huh. It had a obviously had tons of advertisements that were in there, kind of showcasing who was there, but it had a great walkthrough in general for people who were just new to the hobby of yes. collecting what these toys are about, what the artists are about. Uh, just a great introduction level for someone like myself who is – that was all new to me. Yeah. So they put a lot – indoctrinated another one, OG. They put a lot of work into the damn thing. Well, it, but it was, it, was, it was great. They put a lot of work into trying to make what could potentially become a very clicky niche yes. environment. And no discussing long lines for the bathroom, uh, which makes it very pleasant. Uh, yeah, and they, they made it really open to everybody who just wanted to come through, and it was it was a it was it was a family friendly environment. Yeah. Um, like I said, the vibe was just outstanding, and I I think they did an amazing job. They did an amazing job. Nick shot a bunch of video, yes, which we'll be able to put online in the next few days, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, it was such a good show. So kudos to Sarah, Kyle, um, the folks at Clutter, everybody else that was involved, all of the artists that were there. Um, either showing or just walking around. Um, what a great show. So really. you're saying it's a little better than East Coast Comic Con. I'm saying it's probably the best show that I've been to in the last two years. Um, wow. And it could end up being the best show of the year for me. Damn. That's what I'm saying. So solid, maybe. Wow. Yeah, that, that's how much I enjoyed it. Um, better than the Coleco show? Oh, I mean, anything. was. Oh, speaking of the Coleco show... I, oh. I know this is an odd transition, but uh, Tim Clark was there. 
We first spoke to Tim Clark at the Coleco show. Tim Clark is the guy who created Boglins, but he also worked on Dark Crystal and a bunch of other stuff. He was there. I had an amazing conversation with him. Sectars, didn't he create? Yeah, Sectars. sectars And I had a fantastic like 20 minute conversation with him just about stuff in general, about Boglins, Dark Crystal, because that trailer dropped. Um, I wore my Keith Herring hat on on saturday because you know, right. like i'm going to this event you know i've got to pick out the things that i'm gonna wear I'll, i always try to be conscientious about you know my choices I understand. so i wore my keith herring hat because that was re- that would fit in i can't tell you a lot of people are talking about i it. got more compliments and i got stopped by more people to ask me about that hat than anything else that's actually what i was walking by tim clark's booth and he was talking to somebody and i was like i'll come back later and he's like it's a great Keith Haring hat. And I was like, well, that's my end. Now I'm just going to, I just have to <laughs> right. stop and talk. So yeah, it was, it was a fantastic show. It was, it was so much fun. And uh, yeah, just, just a great, great, great feeling. Great vibe. Uh, fantastically organized, super friendly to the press, super friendly to even just the people coming in. Yeah. Like the lines were well-maintained and there was a line, by the way, there was a line around the corner, down the block and around the corner. Like, wow, it wasn't like people apparently I heard that there was a handful of people that had camped out the night before What? that were VIPs. Yeah. Because they wanted to get on some of the lines to get out, to get in on some of the pieces that were limited to only Damn. one or two. Yeah. It was great. Wow. It was, so it was a great show. So really kudos to everybody involved in that video will be online soon. That's awesome. But with that, big cats, you know, the last time you wore an interesting hat at a, uh, at a show. Yeah. It turned out very badly for me. I'm sorry about that. I only take a you, small you know, amount of personal responsibility. You should take zero responsibility. <laughs> there are plenty of people who should be taking responsibility for that. You are not amongst them. I was going to say, I feel uh, as though I try to curb the tide when I, I could. I, I understand. <laughs> Nobody's listening when they're in inside of that. I understand. No Believe me, I understand. I've been there, too. Anyway. Oh, oh I know. Anyway. Because <laughs> I was you in yeah. that scenario. With that, big cat. Don't forget when you... she threw the golf clubs. Yes, that Sorry, was. Sorry, anyway. Um, uh, with that, don't forget you can find us online each and every week over to bkgeekstuff.com. You can go over to patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff, youtube.com backslash bkgeekstuff, which is where we're gonna have the video. By the way, the Five Points Festival oh, video will yes. be up on our YouTube page. Um, we'll post it on Facebook as well. Once it's up on YouTube, the links will go everywhere. Um, in addition to that, you can find us across the social medias. I am at GeekStuffOG on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, not on PlayStation, and not on Snapchat. On uh, PlayStation, you can find OG at... Uh, yeah, I only give that out to some people. Um, I didn't even get that. Big Kev, because you don't have a PlayStation. Not uh, yet. Not, so but when you, you do this boxing thing, now I'm intrigued. When you do, I'll give it to you. Um, sure you will. Big Kev, where can they find you? <laughs> On Xbox, uh, playing Red Dead 2 uh, quite a bit last couple of days uh, under the auspice of Big Kev GS and BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. Nice. And uh, Nick? I am uh, Monty's underscore mayhem on the PlayStation. Uh, Monty's Mayhem on Twitter, uh, Snapchat, and uh, Google+. There you go. And don't forget also to go over to the uh, the Twitters and follow Coke Logic. Follow, uh, follow Coke Logic on the Twitters and the Friendster. 
And uh, I had a one up here. Oh, yeah. Plus, sorry. Uh, Whatever. And uh, I think with that, Big Kev. With that, OG, we will bring this episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff to a close. Episode 543. The one we called uh, dot, 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 shit in that hand. (laughs) I think it was shit in this hand. All right, shit in this hand. Uh, And we will bring that episode to a close the way we end some episodes by saying, troll the respawn, Jeremy. And on that note, we cue the music.